holy sweet mother of God shit. Hello, hello, hello. What, what, the, what the hell are you doing? I hope no one's eating dinner. The next best thing, every Monday night from 10 until midnight on Radio Free Brooklyn. Fun for everyone except for dear Jesus. Something like that. Holy sweet mother of God, it is 10 o'clock on a Monday night, so you know what that means. Is it time for your favorite show ever? No! But it is time for the next best thing. I'm your host, Jonathan B. Lerner, keeping you company every Monday night from 10 until midnight right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Can you hear me? One second. Testing. One, two, three. Are we on? Great. Anywho, let's do the housekeeping that we always have to take care of. Let's just get it out of the way right off the top. You can tweet at us. We are at Next Best Radio. That's at Next Best Radio. Or go ahead and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. A lot of stuff gets posted on our Facebook page, stuff that we talk about in any given episode, information, links to pertinent sites, all that stuff. Usually goes up on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash NBT radio. Also, if you're really feeling like you want to go all out and write it's more than 140 characters, more than something you'd feel comfortable posting on a Facebook wall. You can always feel free to send us an email. We are at nextbestthing at radiofreebrooklyn.org. And lastly, we do ask you to remember that we are fully listener and producer supported. If you like what you hear on Radio Free Brooklyn, if you like what you hear tonight, please consider going to our website, going to this show's page, and donating a little something something to keep us in business if you like what you hear tonight well a donation could ensure that you will get to hear more next week and the weeks after that uh if you feel so inclined you can go to rfb.nyc slash nbt again that's rfb.nyc slash nbt oh man that was exhausting wasn't it it was for me i'm sure it was for you too so that's all the housekeeping I can think of right now. If I've forgotten anything... Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Good. This sounds horrible in my ears. I hope it sounds better to yours. Every time I talk, I'm hearing... Anyway, you will never believe, even though you should, because it's the truth, who I met today. And I'm just going to throw this out there. It's actually the second time I've met this person. I'll give you about two seconds to think about it and then take a guess. Okay, do you give up? Hello. Everybody in the audience, now listen to me carefully, is being given a special package. All right, open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. been talking to people my whole life and nobody has ever said you be the penis why would anyone tell that woman to be the penis yes that was oprah and everyone gets a car but not today i met oprah today for the second time in my life now if that's not a name drop i don't know what is but guess who else i met gail I had never met Gail before, and Gail was there. So here's some inside info about Oprah and Gail. Gail is really tall. Both, And this is actually true. The first time I met Oprah, I distinctly remember thinking she looked very different in person than she does on television. And I only say that because today, 
it was the exact opposite. I was stunned at how good Oprah looked today. She looked exactly like she looks on television. She looked picturesque. She actually looked, and perhaps, listen, Oprah has enough money to make anything happen. She actually looked like a beam of light just followed her wherever she went. Now, that sounds cheesy, but I'm being serious. So she might have actually had somebody rig up a light, a beam of light to follow her around the room. I don't know. Hey, when you got bajillions of dollars, you can do that stuff probably. So Oprah was there and she was real sweet. She was just like she, I mean, it was remarkable. She and Gail were just like they are on television. You know, Oprah was bubbly and positive and a beam of light, but also knew what she wanted, was down to business. And when, you know, when it was time to be serious, Oprah's serious. Oprah's the best. Uh, Let's see. Who is more powerful than Oprah? Nobody. The answer is nobody. Let's see. Who else did I meet today? Oh, Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple. So I actually had to sign, this is kind of sounds crazy, ironic, but I had to sign an NDA. So it's a good thing I'm not telling you anything about who I met today. But the funny thing is, is I had to sign an NDA because this was like a big launch of something, but not more than an hour after I left this event, the news broke about it. So it's broke. You've probably seen, I don't know, Oprah's launching some, oh, she's launching like her, you know, everyone knows Oprah's book club. Well, now she's partnering with Apple and apparently Oprah's book club will be available on your iPhone, just like everything else is in the world. So yeah, that was my day. Who did you meet today? Hmm? Was it anyone kind of as cool as Oprah? Because the answer to that is no. All right. I'm not going to rub that in. So we'll take a quick break and come back and dive right into what's going on in the news, what's going on in the world. You're listening to the next best thing on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're listening to the next best thing. Here's what's making news tonight. A lot of things going on in the news, a lot of things going on in the world. Let's get to them. Shall we? We shall. Okay. First item of news. Trump reverses course on sending immigrant... It'd be great if I could read. Trump reverses course on sending immigrant kids off to die. Yeah, you heard me. So here's the thing. For decades, we've had a program here in the United States that granted undocumented immigrants temporary reprieve from deportation if they were facing, oh, something like a life-threatening medical condition or a truly pressing, tragic humanitarian crisis. Let me give you an example. Uh, if, uh, if someone was here, an undocumented immigrant, and they were receiving medical care that they literally needed to live, they needed this medical treatment to survive, and they could not receive said medical treatment in their country of origin, well, they would be permitted to stay here and continue to receive that treatment and continue to live. Now, that seems pretty clear, pretty obvious, pretty kind of a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Well, on August 7th, so just over a month ago, without notifying the public or Congress or anyone, Donald Trump 
and his administration stopped granting these non-military requests for relief from deportation. They just stopped doing it. Not only did they stop granting them, but everyone who had been receiving such relief, they actually got a letter telling them in no uncertain terms that they needed to be out of this country within 30 days. They had to be out of here within 30 days, or, I don't know, they would be forcibly removed? That would not surprise me. Okay, so let me, let me be very clear here. These people, most of them, were here receiving medical treatment that they will die without. They can't receive this treatment in their country of origin. So if sent there, they'll die. And that's what Trump decided to do. Send these people off to die. For really no legitimate reason whatsoever. Uh, There was no problem with this program. This program was not causing any harm. There was no reason to even think about this. Much less enact it. or, Or put this in motion. So... So, what about this qualifies as good news? Well, by the way, I don't even know if I mentioned this, but there has been some good news in the past two weeks. This qualifies. Why, you ask? Because it was uh, in more recent days, after massive public uproar and condemnation over this just rank, explicit cruelty, intentional cruelty, the Trump administration has finally decided to reverse course. How generous of them, right? Now, what the fuck was the point of this? Truly, why? I mean, for the love of God, why would we, we, why would they, why would he have put families through this, this, Fear, anguish, panic of thinking that they had to leave this country. They were going to have to go off to a place that they knew either they or their kids would die. I mean, they they knew that the treatment was not possible there. They knew that they would die. This was This went on for over a month. Families were panicked. They were ripped apart. They were spending their life savings on lawyers and making travel arrangements and going to court. For what? For what? See, this, this type of thing is, what's, is what causes me to say things that I've, I never used to say that I would never have let myself say. Like, Trump is just a bad person. I never said that about George W. Bush. I've never really said that about almost anybody because there are people in the world, in this city, hell, probably in this building, who I can't stand, who I don't agree with on virtually anything. But that's okay. And I can, you know, whether easily or it might take me a minute or two, but I can come to understand their points of view. I can I can sympathize, I can see why they came to feel the way they do, all of that stuff, all of those things that, in my opinion, make us human beings. Okay? Look, this is a perfect example. I have, I have one aunt and one uncle, in particular, who are Trump people, 
They've always been Republicans. They've always been diehard Republicans. But I never imagined that they would be Trump people, if you know what I mean. Now, I could sit here and I could literally list for you good memories I have with these relatives of mine. Nice, loving, uh, great things they've done, good times we've had together. With Trump, my point is that my aunt and my uncle, they might be confused. They might be a little, I don't know, in their older age, deranged. I don't know. I don't know. But they're not bad people, okay? Trump is a bad person. This was needless. This was intentional cruelty for nothing, for literally nothing. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. Moving right along. All right. This next story is a bit of a nice reprieve, okay? So enjoy it. Here it is. The U.S. Navy recently confirms UFO videos are the real deal. Oh, my God. Do, 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 do. The U.S. Navy, indeed, has confirmed that some of those videos you've probably seen claiming to show UFOs, well, they indeed are showing UFOs. Unidentified flying objects. So what does that mean? Does that mean that your, your crazy uncle with the tinfoil hat has, has just been right all this time about the, uh, I don't know, the impending alien invasion? Well, maybe. Maybe, maybe he has been. But probably not. You see, the Navy is saying that while it doesn't know exactly what the objects in the videos are, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're visitors from another world. That is, after all, why they are called unidentified flying objects. Think about that for just a second. The Navy or military or whatever has confirmed that, yes, there have occasionally been sightings of unidentified flying objects. Unidentified flying objects. If we knew that these were alien spaceships, well, that'd be identifying them, wouldn't it? They would no longer be unidentified flying objects. They would be uh, spacecraft. They would be alien ships. They would be anal probe machines. I don't know. But anyway, apparently pilots see a lot of things in the air that aren't easily explained. So the Navy is now apparently trying to be more transparent about these UFOs so that people will be more comfortable coming forward and reporting them. I mean, that's interesting. I can't imagine there's been a lack of people eager to come forward and talk about this, this spaceship I saw. It was right there in my backyard. I got the anal probe in my butt to prove it. Now, having said all of that, we don't know what these were. They probably weren't aliens. Yada, yada, yada. Having said all of that, actually hearing the recordings made uh, as the pilots were seeing this stuff, in real time and hearing them kind of talk about it now. I mean, it is, it is pretty, pretty crazy. Take a listen. The first thing he says, you cannot understand it. And I apologize. He says, look at that thing. Here you go. It's As we both looked out the right side of our airplane, we saw a disturbance in the water and a white object oblong pointing north 
There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. Oh, thank you. This was extremely abrupt, like a ping pong ball bouncing off a wall. The ability to hover over the water and then start a vertical climb from basically zero up towards about 12,000 feet and then accelerate in less than two seconds and disappear is mm -hmm. something I had never seen in my life. The UFO reports were first investigated by a secret $22 million program, part of the Defense Department budget, that investigated reports of UFOs. The program has since been shut down, but it was run by a military intelligence official who told CNN they found compelling evidence that we, quote, may not be alone. God, you're sick. I know, I'm sick. I can't help it. Moving right along. All right, moving right along here. Back to fun stuff. Now, this is serious, so everyone just sit down, shut up, and listen. Colt, a gun manufacturing company, has announced that they're going to suspend production of the AR-15 rifle for consumers. Oh, my God. Honestly, that's how I reacted, too. In fact, that was me. This news, all joking aside, is is stunning. I mean, it, stunning to the point where I'm kind of still wondering if perhaps I'm missing something. Is there like, if I, maybe I'm not understanding it. Could this possibly be what I, what it's sounding like? It is the gun maker Colt. They announced last Thursday that they're going to effectively suspend production of sporting rifles like the AR 15 for the civilian market. Moving forward, they said that they will focus solely on their military and law enforcement contracts instead. No, but really, I mean, listen, I don't want to overreact to this. The truth is, I mean, in a statement on their website, for example, Colt emphasized that the company remained, quote, committed to the Second Amendment. Because, God, if we don't live for that Second Amendment, what do we live for? Nothing. They're committed to the Second Amendment still, but they cited market conditions for this decision. Quote, over the last few years, the market for modern sporting rifles has experienced significant excess manufacturing capacity. Now, I don't know what that means, okay? I'm just going to say that. I don't know what that means, but they go on. Given this level of manufacturing capacity, we believe there is adequate supply for modern sporting rifles for the foreseeable future. Huh, okay. That's interesting and weird. So they think that they've made more AR-15s than anyone could possibly want, so we don't need to make any more. Is that what they're saying? So they'll still sell them, but they won't make them? I don't know. Regardless, experts are saying that this decision is, in all honesty, unlikely to make it more difficult for gun buyers to get their hands on powerful semi-automatic weapons. Quote, if there's a market demand, I'm sure there are companies, other companies, that will fill 
that have the capacity to fill it. Regardless, I refuse to look at this as anything but a huge win. I mean, let's be, let's remember the AR-15 is a military gun. It was designed for military use. It was designed to kill as many people as quickly as possible. And it's been used in several of our most recent mass shootings in America. Newtown, Connecticut, Orlando, Florida, Parkland, Florida, Las Vegas, El Paso, Texas, and so on and so forth. Now, Colt is the third company I can think of off the top of my head that has made a huge announcement like this. For example, I mean, major retailers and other businesses linked to the gun industry, they've been facing growing public pressure to take steps to curb gun violence and respond to the recent mass shootings, the ever-present mass shootings. For instance, after the shooting last August at a Walmart in El Paso, Texas, Walmart said that they would stop selling ammunition that could be used in those rifles. Yay! Baby steps, folks. Baby steps. Last March, Dick's Sporting Goods announced their plan to stop selling guns and ammunition in at least 125 stores, and they have since made plans to stop selling them in more than 125 stores. Hell yeah! Baby steps, folks. Baby steps. So what does this all mean? It means... That speaking out makes a difference. Caring, speaking out, makes a difference. You know how at the end of this show, every week I say apathy is the enemy? Well, here's the proof. These companies have made these changes. And yes, they are modest changes. I will certainly admit that. I would love to see much more sweeping changes, but... They wouldn't have made any changes if there was not a public outcry for them, if people did not want that, if the market if the market didn't indicate that that was necessary. We are the people. We are the market. Speak out. Never stop. Never hesitate to speak out loudly about this, about the shameful, shameful epidemic of gun violence in this country. It is unique to us. It is unique to us. You know, I was in the bodega just the other day grabbing a beverage or something, and the guy working the register was talking to a friend of his, and he, the friend was from Cuba, and he was telling him, and he was clearly, you know, he was a hard-living guy. He was covered in tattoos. He was, you know, tough guy. And he was telling the cashier how, look, man, you know, there are certain things I really do miss about Cuba. Like in Cuba... You know, there's no, there's none of this violence, all these shootings, man. There's, they don't have this because we don't get guns. You know, in Cuba, the only people with guns are the cops and blah, blah, blah. See, that's, that is a perfect example of someone who's not thinking politically. I don't think he was thinking, so yeah, we need some gun control. Let's vote for this. He was just telling a story. He was just telling the truth. He's lived in Cuba. He's lived in New York City. One of the safest cities in America, apparently. But he is a human and he has a functional brain. So he knows that, yeah, in a place where most people don't have guns, there probably won't be as many shootings because you have to have a gun to have a shooting. Never stop speaking out. Never stop speaking out. It's a shameful epidemic. Politicians may be too feckless and worthless to do anything, okay? But fuck them. 
fuck them. Because Walmart is hardly a flawless company. It's hardly a beacon of hope and joy and love and whatever. I'm sure there are plenty of problems. A lot of people hate Walmart, but they aren't a politician and they took this action. Same with Dick's Sporting Goods. Same with, of all fucking companies, Colt, a gun manufacturer. Something is better than nothing. And these steps, these actions matter. Never give up, never give in, never stop caring, and never stop making it known that you fucking care. It is good to care. God damn it. Moving right along. Okay. So, Rudy Giuliani, remember him? Ah! Well, he's reemerged. Rudy Giuliani has reemerged, and, uh, well, he had a meltdown. He had a meltdown on live television, and he's a lunatic. That's the headline. Rudy Giuliani reemerges, melts down on live TV, is a lunatic. You know, travel with me back in time. There was a time when Rudy Giuliani was a highly respected, hugely intelligent, fiercely successful lawyer, leader, and even a public servant. Hell, we just commemorated the... 18-year anniversary of 9-11. Remember right after 9-11 when Rudy Giuliani was called being called America's mayor? Well, well, folks, I'm afraid America's mayor has uh, slipped and hit his head in the tub just a few too many times. Ah! Seriously, look, having left behind his life of doing anything meaningful or anything good whatsoever, Giuliani is now and forever will be known as Donald Trump's personal attorney, oaf, and bumbling idiot. For example, last Thursday night, he went on Chris Cuomo's show, Primetime, on CNN. And I'm not, I mean, truly, I'm not even sure what the original point of having him on was. Cuomo started the he started the interview by recapping the latest news about, oh, this little story, you maybe have heard of it, a whistleblower, a whistleblower complaint, which both the New York Times and the Washington Post reported, and multiple news agencies have confirmed, that involves Trump and his contact with Ukraine. And, you know, from there, well, hell, all I really remember is Rudy shouting at Chris Cuomo, uh, blatantly contradicting himself over and over and over again, calling Chris Cuomo the enemy. And at one point, uh, he he put his head on his hands, closed his eyes, and uh, I guess showed the world that he has a New York Yankees World Series ring. What? Go ahead and take a listen, brace yourself, and we'll chat about it on the other side. Did you t- ask the Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden? No, actually, I didn't. I asked the Ukraine to investigate the allegations that there was interference in the election of 2016 by the Ukrainians for the benefit of Hillary Clinton, for which there already is a court finding. You never asked anything about Hunter Biden. You never asked anything about Joe Biden. The only thing I asked about Joe Biden is to get to the bottom of how it was that Lutsenko, who was appointed, dismissed the case against Antac. So you did ask Ukraine to look into Joe Biden? Of course I did. You just said you didn't. 
No, I didn't ask him to look into Joe Biden. I asked him to look into the allegations that related to my client, which tangentially involved Joe Biden in a massive bribery scheme, Rudy. not unlike Rudy. what he did in China. Rudy, you explain to me how the kid got one point five billion dollars. I have no problem when Joe with Biden you launching allegations. But just be careful about what you say. I asked you, did I you ask Ukraine to look at Joe Biden? You said no. Then I you went on ask- to say that you did. No, I didn't say that. I don't like evasiveness. Evasiveness. I don't want to distort what I'm saying. I don't want to distort. You're totally biased. I'm not biased. You are. Why would I have you on if I were biased, knowing that we're going to have this kind of conversation? Because it is sad to watch what happened to you. It's sad. Sad to watch what happened to me. I'm a sellout. You are a sellout. You are telling me that I'm a sellout. These are crimes of major proportions, and because they're Democrats, you won't cover it. A, a, a $1.5 million investment by China in Biden's private equity fund and the partners I'm not are saying that Terry's these types son of things shouldn't be looked at. Whitey Bulger's nephew. Do you know that they were partners with Whitey Bulger's Rudy, nephew? I'm not saying that That's anything outrageous. that you're saying shouldn't and be looked at. And your corrupt media won't cover it because he's a Democrat. Rudy, I can't just cover something because you say I should. All right. That's no, not the way it you don't works. have to say but I, I got to tell you, read you, the book, who, you who my whole lifetime stood up for one simple ideal do. when you were and at your I best, st- which was character counts and leadership. And you are standing up for two systems of justice. Oh, I'm Joe standing Biden up for two systems can of justice. be involved in bribery. Joe Biden's son can get one point five billion dollars from China and you won't cover it. And you want to cover some ridiculous charge that I urged the Ukrainian government to investigate corruption. Well, I did, and I'm proud of it. You guys, you guys, what the fuck was that? I mean, just the last few seconds. You want to investigate some ridiculous charge that I did this. Well, I did, and I'm proud of it. A ridiculous charge? Well, I did it. Not so ridiculous if you did it, Grandpa. But that's the tip of the iceberg. Look, Jesus, Mother, Mary, and Joseph, there are bad days. People have bad days, okay? And those bad days can bleed onto television. If you're on television a lot, you're going to have a bad day here and there. There are bad days on TV. There are meltdowns. And then there is whatever the fuck that was. (laughs) Truly. Truly, it's one thing for Giuliani to just lie so effortlessly and so often, but to then be so plagued by, fuck, I don't want to say dementia, I guess we could say Trump derangement syndrome, whatever it is, it's something that is causing him to contradict himself immediately and repeatedly. It's... Did you ask Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden? No, I actually didn't. What I did was I asked him to investigate Joe Biden. But you just said you didn't. I didn't. But you said you did. Of course I did. What the fuck is that? What? Where are we? What's happening? Sweet Jesus. Earlier this year, for those of you who might not remember, Giuliani was scheduled to take a trip to the Ukraine and he was openly talking about how he was going there to talk to the government about investigating Joe Biden. He did not make a secret of it. (laughs) Now, when people responded appropriately and were appalled, outraged, 
Giuliani eventually canceled his trip, or at least that's what we're told. We were told he canceled his trip because he had to. Just like Moscow Mitch, he had no choice. The public reaction was strong and clear, and he had to do it. Now, look, as much as I would love to continue delving in and analyzing the many faces of crazy that Rudy Giuliani wears nowadays, the real scandal and the entire focus of all of this needs to be on one person and nobody else, and that is... Trump. Excuse me. You guessed it, Donald Trump. This is the biggest news story, not just of the week, I mean probably of the past three years, and people must understand it. It has to be, because there's no if ands, or buts, there's no gray area here. So let's break it down. The main story. The big piece of news. Trump, Ukraine, and a whistleblower. If you've been watching the news at all over the past seven to nine days, you've heard those words a lot. What do they mean? How do they go together? What's going on? Here's the deal. Last week, we learned from initial reports that an official in the American intelligence community was so troubled, so disturbed by a, a communication, a promise that Donald Trump made to a foreign leader that that official filed a formal whistleblower complaint with the inspector general. That was the, those were the initial reports. They have since been confirmed by virtually every reputable news agency in the world And more information has come out. Here's what happened. Clear and plain and simple. Donald Trump pressured the recently elected president of Ukraine over the phone to pursue an investigation, a quote-unquote investigation, into Joe Biden's son, Hunter. He did this because he thought such an investigation might deliver some political dirt on who he saw as a real threat to his re-election in 2020. Now, that right there is as bad as it gets, as illegal as it gets. But for as bad as that is, it gets worse. Not only did Donald Trump suggest that Ukraine pursue an investigation like this, but if they didn't, Trump threatened to withhold uh, threatened to withhold military aid and other critical diplomatic funding to Ukraine. A quid pro quo, if you will. Hey, look, if we're going to continue giving you this military aid and foreign funding, well, what are you going to do for me? What are you going to do for us? What are you going to do for uh what are you going to do for me, buddy? Oh my god. Uh, let that sink in. I make it no secret. I could list for you the the things that Trump has done in the past three years that have been beyond impeachable, but this really is worse than all of them. This is is as bad as we've heard of. Now, I want to say this again. All of the various reports that have since been confirmed, reconfirmed, added to, 
These are all from reputable news agencies. Highly respected. They're true. Period. The end. And they make it very crystal clear. Donald Trump sought to use the influence of his office to use the power of the presidency to prod the leader of a, another country that needs and relies on American financial and diplomatic support to provide material that could help Donald Trump get reelected. He's despicable. He, he's despicable. He is a despicable human being. Abuse of power. Illegal. I mean, you, you can't do that. That's called extortion. You son of a bitch. Not to mention the fact that 93.6%, actually, probably less because he spends a lot of time tweeting about the media and the NFL and, you know, the ratings of the Celebrity Apprentice with Arnold Schwarzenegger. But a good chunk of time during his presidency has been spent fending off allegations that he welcomed help from Russia in 2016, that he accepted help in his 2016 campaign. In the midst of all of that, that has not gone away. He has been caught red-handed soliciting political ammunition from the country right next door to Russia. Not that it would matter. I mean, had he done this, had he done this to the leader of Australia, a leader of Ireland, a leader from Kenya, a leader from Britain, a leader from uh, Switzerland? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what country it is. You can't do it. You can't do it. So what now? Look, Trump is denied doing anything wrong and doing anything unseemly, and he's lashed out at the media like the predictable, whiny little bitch that he is, but he's never actually denied the charge. He's never actually said that he did not ask about an investigation into the Biden family. When asked what, in fact, he did discuss with the Ukrainian president during that phone call in question, Donald Trump punted. He said, look, it doesn't matter what I discussed, okay? It's just another media disaster, does matter, Donald. It certainly does matter, you fucking ugly ass twat. So, just to be perfectly clear, once again, the intelligence community's inspector general, who is a Trump appointee, Donald Trump picked this person. He put him in his job. The person who Trump picked to be the intelligence community's inspector general, he has publicly come out and said that he has assessed this whistleblower complaint to be credible, not just credible, but also a matter of such urgency that it needs to be disclosed to the relevant committees in Congress immediately. Donald Trump's person said that. Okay, great. So they have it, right? I mean, the inspector general is that he said to give it to them. He said to give it to them right away. I mean, he's a guy Trump knows. He's a guy Trump picked. So what's the problem? All good? They have it. No, of course they don't fucking have it. Of course they don't fucking have it. Trump has refused to disclose virtually anything about this. Anything about that conversation. Anything contained in this complaint. He has refused to let these people do their jobs. 
And simultaneously, he is actively hunting down the whistleblower, whoever this person is. Whoever this person is, they are a person trying to save us all for the love of fucking Christ. And he is dead set on finding them and destroying them. It is, by the way, it's illegal to go after a whistleblower like this. There's laws protecting whistleblowers. But then again, this is all so fucking excruciatingly illegal that I can barely breathe. Ah! All of it. All of it. Now, it all comes around full circle. Last week, the week before, and even at the beginning of tonight's show, I talked about Antonio Brown and why he had kept coming up. Punch the mic again. Because it's about accountability. If you break the law, if you break rules, if you do things that are just outrageous, there has to be consequences for appalling behavior. So, what will the consequences be for Donald Trump? None! Well, that's yet to be seen. You know, these revelations, of course, they have brought renewed passion and vigor to the calls for impeachment. Just saying that makes me exhausted and it makes me roll my eyes because we've been hearing about impeachment, I don't know, for the past 27 years. Feels like it. By the way, yesterday, Trump actually did acknowledge that he talked about Joe Biden during a July call with the Ukrainian president. So, he's all but admitted this. Now, Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, she, in her own kind of cryptic way, warned the administrations that things are going to get bad if he does not back off and let them do their jobs. In a letter that she sent to everyone in Congress and the administration, she said that things might be heading, quote, into a whole new stage of investigation. What? Whatever the fuck that means. What does that mean? Why is everyone so fucking cryptic? Robert Mueller. We could not say that he is innocent, and that's it. What? You can't say that he's innocent. Okay, then say he's guilty. I've decided to punt to our broken shithead Congress. The ball is now in your turd-strewn court. Anyway, I'm hardly the only one with thoughts and opinions on this. Uh, New York Congressman Gregory Meeks, who is on the Foreign Affairs Committee, he was recently on MSNBC, along with Michelle Goldberg from the New York Times and former U.S. Senator Russ Feingold. When he was asked a very stupid, obvious question by Ari Melber, here's what he had to say. If the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal reporting is correct, is this in and of itself uh, a separate impeachable abuse of power? Well, yes, I think that there's, they're lining up several, and I think there will be several more. One of the things that I think that has to happen and what is happening, you know, fo as folks are focused on the Judiciary Committee, remember that the Ways and Means Committee, the Fraud Affairs Committee, which I sit on, the Financial Services Committee, which I sit on, the uh, Intel, are still doing investigations. So there's going to be even more, I believe, that's going to be happening to come out. And it's going to compel, at some point, it should compel our Republican colleagues, as it did back in the Nixon time, to say, enough is enough. And if not, their seats will be in jeopardy in 2020 also. Hold the phone. I just have to say this one more time. Stop comparing what's going on today to Watergate. 
I mean, we are so fucking far beyond Watergate. God damn it. Watergate was jaywalking compared to this. Okay. What's going on now is first degree murder, not just murder, but actual vicious, bloody, horrible, cut your head off with a knife. OJ Simpson murder. Now, both jaywalking and what OJ Simpson did, bloody, horrible homicide murder, they're both crimes, right? Yes, they're both crimes, but what moron, what imbecile would put jaywalking and homicide in the same category? Nobody. So let's stop putting what's happening now and Watergate in the same category. They're different. This is worse. Also, key difference, back in the days of Watergate, the attorney general actually allowed people to do their jobs. He followed rules. He obeyed and observed the laws. He allowed investigations to take place unobstructed with the clues and the evidence providing a roadmap to the truth. That's not happening. That's not happening. Bill Barr is not interested in the truth. He has said on television that he doesn't care how he looks or what he does or how he's remembered. We're all going to die eventually, right? So what does it matter? Going down, sir? He's, he is as, he, oh, he's as corrupt and as bad as Donald Trump himself, frankly. His whole job, he's the Attorney General of the United States. He is in charge of the top law enforcement agency in the country. Law enforcement. You enforce the laws. That's what his job is. Fail. He's a failure. He's a worthless sack of shit. So I mentioned that Michelle Goldberg was also on MSNBC, and here's what she had to say. And frankly, she and I see more eye to eye than Gregory Meeks and I. I mean, I'm not as optimistic about um, relying on the decency or patriotism of the Republican Party. They've shown none so far, and I don't see why if colluding with Russia wasn't enough to make them speak out why colluding with Ukraine would be. I do think that there needs to be a much stronger response from the Democratic Party. Um, there is so much fury out there, including I'm livid about this, that Nancy Pelosi's refusal to take a strong stance on impeachment has essentially sent the message to this president that he has impunity, that it's okay if he asks foreign sources to help him with the election. And I know that there are risks in pursuing impeachment with 2020 coming up, but the idea that an election is going to fix this problem when we see the president cheating in that election right now, it's just not going to work. There's there's no way around this. That's exactly right. First of all, it should never have mattered. The politics, all that shit, it should never have mattered. It should not have really been taken into consideration because their job is their job, period. The end, it's to keep checks and balances, not to constantly be weighing and evaluating the political consequences of doing this or doing that. I mean, that's not their job. Now, regardless, I do understand it. And I've actually said many times to trust Nancy Pelosi. But at this point, this is beyond the pale. This is beyond the pale. God damn it. We are, you know, Nancy Pelosi, her, her whole running theme, what's been keeping her from pursuing impeachment has been that she knows it's divisive. She knows it will rile up his base. And she wants to just let the 2020 election be the saving grace, be the remedy for all this fucking insanity. 
but we're seeing cheating. We're seeing what we what happened in 2016. Everything we've been talking about and investigating and and investigating and investigating and invest these and endless investigations that turn up jack shit because we have people in charge of them who want to then take the podium and say. The ball is now in your turd strewn court. I trust a room of 500 backstabbing trash bags of human sludge will come to a swift consensus. Anyway, I quit. Good luck with the whole Saving America thing. What? Your job was to determine if he was guilty or innocent. If I could say he didn't do all these horrible things, I would say so. Huh? Fucking, well, again, Twilight Zone. Don't say what you can't say. Don't say what you would say. Just say what it is. <laughs> For the love of fucking Christ. But I, I digress with that. You know, it's interesting. I told you I aligned more with Michelle Goldberg than I did the uh, congressman. Because he is still talking about Republicans being patriotic and doing their duty and seeing the light and stepping forward. That's not going to happen for the love of God. And uh, even more than Michelle Goldberg, I think my feeling was well expressed actually on the most recent episode of Real Time with Bill Maher. And it was expressed by both Bill and one of his guests, Heather McGee. And it's ironic because they seem to be kind of arguing with each other. And the truth is, I agree with both of them. Take a listen. Well, impeachment is in the news. It's talked about it again. All that media was talking about today was this whistleblower scandal. And a, a, a lot of people today were saying, oh, we got him. You know, like I've never heard that word before. Because this is different because there was a bribe involved maybe. And I, I don't, I wouldn't get my hopes up. Is this going to turn, maybe you can convince me this is going to be different. This, this we got him is going to be different. Right now, I don't think so. Well, I think it's up to the Democrats, right? And, and I think we're seeing right now what happens because we didn't impeach. This man in the White House encouraged a foreign power to help him win an election, at, in that instance with Russia, to attack our sovereignty. And then he tried his best to cover it up. And he had an opportunity to do it again because nobody slapped him on the wrist. And I do think, I have so much respect for Nancy Pelosi, but I think it is a fundamental miscalculation to think that we should not impeach this president no matter what happens. But is it too late? My, my, like for the person who's been watching this for three years, I think there's a lot of Republicans who think, yeah, Trump did a lot of impeachable stuff and they have no respect for Democrats for not holding his feet to the fire. Democrats are the super indulgent parent who never disciplined the kid who now can get away with that's who Democrats are. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. And that's really the point I've been trying to make the past three weeks. Sure, I made it with Antonio Brown. And but it's really, you know, fuck that. Who cares about football? Besides everybody. But this is obviously way more important. Donald Trump has not been held accountable for anything since the day he rode down that fucking escalator and called Mexicans rapists and they're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists. Well, in some, I assume, maybe, are some good people. I don't know. Since the day that happened in June of 2015, there's not been a day that goes by when he hasn't said something outrageous, done something insane, 
broken a law. And way before then, there was this long expose done by the New York Times. They spent probably over a year putting together this evidence, writing this story about the Trump family going way back and how they basically lived their entire lives ripping off the government, not paying taxes, money laundering, all of these crimes, crimes. These are crimes. And nobody cared. (laughs) Nobody's batting an eye. You know, there's a term, a sports term called flooding the zone. That's what Trump has done. You know, we want to talk about Joe Biden and a stance he took on busing in what, 1952? And fuck him for that. And you know what? He wasn't quite woke enough in the 1991 when he did something with Anita Hill that we didn't like. So fuck him. Hillary Clinton's emails. Benghazi. We heard about her emails in Benghazi every day for two years. And people actually decided whether or not to vote for her based on that shit. And yet Trump can call white supremacists and peaceful protesters equal. There, you know, there were good people on both sides, okay? Nobody's fault. He can make fun of a disabled journalist. He can he can talk about Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea, who actually murdered Otto Warmbier, a young American, and say, we're in love. He can disgrace John McCain, a war hero, a civil servant for his entire life. He can pay off porn stars. He can violate campaign finance laws. He can violate the emoluments clause. He can profit off the presidency. He can fucking extort another world leader to try and dig up political dirt. And we all just sit here and think, well, what? I don't know. (laughs) Grow a pair of balls. Everybody. And and even Nancy Pelosi. Look, I have sat in this chair. I have spoken on this mic and I've said that I trust Nancy Pelosi and I agree with her. I did because you know what? She made, I saw her on, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel and she explained, she explained in I thought pretty clear terms that what she was doing was not just putting off impeachment because she didn't want to do it. She was waiting until they had everything they needed to present a case that was so fucking airtight, that was so obvious and so egregious and so clear that no one, not even the most deranged Trump supporter on earth could possibly deny it. But you know what? I don't know if that day is ever going to come. I don't know if that day is ever going to come. I can tell you, I know someone in Arizona who doesn't pay any attention to the news. He doesn't care. He doesn't know any of this stuff. And if I were to tell him about it, he would say, no, that's not true. Because they don't want, he doesn't want to dislike Trump. That's, what are you going to do with those people? So, you can't worry about anyone. Anyone who still supports Donald Trump is beyond help, truly. Now, we could call them deplorables. We could call them this. We could call them stupid, whatever. I don't even care. All I know is that they're beyond help. They're beyond reaching. We're not going to get them to vote for a Democrat. So fuck trying. Stop wasting time. Stop worrying about them and just do your job. Now, for people in Congress, their job is to hold him accountable. If the Senate chooses to not impeach, to not actually vote him out of office, that's on them. But Congress has to do their job. Because at this point, 
if he were to drop dead right now, then the history books would write that he did all these outrageous things. He broke all these laws. He completely violated all of these norms. And nobody, nobody did anything. Not Mitch McConnell, but also not Nancy Pelosi. Now, our job is to rally behind whoever the Democratic candidate is to make phone calls, to canvas, to knock on doors, to do whatever the fuck we have to do. And right now, I'm not convinced that that's going to happen because I still see way too many fucking lunatics out there who are, you know, so die hard for Bernie that if I saw one person saying that Elizabeth Warren was not worthy of the nomination. Now, frankly, we can sit here and debate whether or not I think she would win against Trump. But to act like Elizabeth Warren is too far to the right for you? What are you, fucking nuts? Jesus. These people exist. And it's like, I, when I see that still going on, on September 23rd, 2019, three years after the worst thing that ever happened to us, they learned nothing. And I'm just like, What is wrong with you people? Huh? But worse. Look, after the last debate, I actually dislike Julian, uh, excuse me, Julian Castro. I really don't love Bernie. I think he, I mean, truly, he's made like three points, like the Iraq war. Yeah, we know you didn't vote for it, Bernie. We get it. I could not believe that he brought that up at the last debate. He, we, who the, who in the world doesn't know that he didn't vote for the Iraq war? And frankly, what does that have to do with him being president? Sorry. That's good, Bernie. That's good that you knew that we were being lied to. Okay, great. You also are, I don't trust you with guns, frankly. And I don't trust that you could actually implement what you have promised because you've never actually laid out a truly functional plan. You should talk to Elizabeth Warren because she, if nothing else, is it's true. She really does have a plan for everything. And I've looked at her plans and they are actually feasible. And that matters. All right. I need to calm down, okay? I just need to calm down. You're listening to The Next Best Thing on Radio Free Brooklyn. Oh, don't make me sing. <laughs>